Good morning. Yes. Hello. It is voting day. Did you it already is, vote? I did it. I'm. I have. <gasps> you said did not. I did not. I have the paper or the ballot. I don't know. Why I'm judging you. I, I haven't car. voted either. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my car. I'm going to drop it off. It's a big day here in California. Yes. Uh, major, major, major day. I think it will determine a whole lot of things yeah. for the future of our state moving uh, forward. Well, our state, man. I, I was just. I was just out to dinner last night with a guy who's moving his billion dollar corporation out of California. Mm-hmm billion because they cannot produce. um, So what he does is he designs theme parks. So like when you go to Universal Studios or Disneyland, they actually manufacture the parts to the rides in there. So think about all that creative element is Mm. out. And it's because of this new law in California uh, with contract workers. So you can't, you, you can't contract workers anymore. And so it's the unionization of California. And so he's just like, look, man, I can't hire Hmm. an employee for 12 months of work when I'm going to use them for three weeks. Mm -hmm. And so, um, they're going to move to, uh, Alabama. Is that me dinging? So, um, you know, so it's just lame. So do you think, I I always feel like, and I don't even know if this is appropriate to talk about the debrief, but do you, (laughs) do you feel like it's intentional? Like, I just feel like some of our leaders, they hate California. I don't think so. I think they love votes. And so I think that, um, you know, I mean, again, and I don't want to step on Democrats' toes, but there used to be a time when Democrats cared about working people and yeah. now they care about union money mm-hmm. because it's just it's just slush fund. It's a slush fund for one party. And um, and so they need to massage that entity yeah. in order to continue to get, you know, people don't realize like, so whether, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you know, Republicans have to go out and get money from business owners, people, whatever. Mm-hmm. So Democrats can snap their fingers and- generate a hundred million dollars simply by taxing uh, teachers. And so they just say, we're going to, we're going to pull this money from your teacher dues. And so even if you, uh, you know, you're a Democrat, you should be against that. Like they they should not be just generating this enormous amount of money because it gives them power. And it's just really one of the problems for the future of California is just that our representatives, the people that work for us can unionize and then demand what they make. It's, it's a, it's a really, really weird thing. Um, Some people think that's good. Uh, but I can tell you, I mean, I love Sandals Church employees, everybody in here. But mm-hmm. if, if if the employees at Sandals Church could dictate what they make, when yeah. they work, and they became stronger than me, Sandals is done. Mm-hmm. Because you just, you have to have somebody at the top that's saying, okay, you know, here's the bottom line. You know, here's where we need to go. Vision, direction, leadership, whatever. And that's just the way that things function the best. And, um, you, know, uh, you know, and I know a lot of young people are socialists, but, you know, China's in real trouble right now because they've, overestimated their population by 400 million people. Like that's an oops. <laughs> like, so to put that in perspective to our listeners, that's every American, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like every single American. And so they're going to have a population of, um, you know, average age of 70 year olds and they don't have enough 30 year olds wow. to care for them, support them, whatever. And so actually a lot of people that, you know, we all think America's doomed or whatever, but uh, America is functioning better with the birth rate than a lot of these other modern mm. countries. And so I know abortion's on the issue, but just yeah. from a, a strictly economic perspective, you know, we need children. We yeah. need young children yeah. to replace us because that's the only way the system works. Right. And so when you have adults not replacing themselves, like in Japan, I think for every two adults, like maybe they have one, that's a problem because you, you just can't function in a society that's aging like that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of people believe in central planning and stuff like that. And, and I can just tell you, one of my favorite uh, pictures I have is my sermon calendar for 2020. 
Like mm-hmm. it was all written on the board in my <laughs> office. It's still there. We preached none of it right? because you can't plan for the future because the future is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. So you can make your, your, your best attempts, but it's just extraordinarily difficult. And so, you know, California, you know, I mean, I, th- I think our governor is, is a challenge and, and, and what's happening in California, like, you know, you live in San Bernardino, they're the have nots. Mm-hmm. And then you have the coast where mm-hmm. it's just the haves. Yeah. And it's, it's just so it's, we're becoming like a third world country. And so I think the problem for that is, you know, they're blaming Republicans or big oil or this or that, but it's so much, so much of it's the policies mm-hmm. that they're, that they're doing. And, you know, when I sat down with, um, one of the congressmen, I was like, look, man, water and energy, th- those are the two things that affect poor people the most mm-hmm. because they can't, you know, how many Teslas are there in San Bernardino? I mean, not. Yeah. Right. My sister-in-law has one and she lives in the n- other part of San Bernardino that nobody knows. Is right. So, you know, so there's not, there's not gonna be a lot of hybrid. They're not gonna no, be a lot of electric cars no. in San Bernardino. So they're going to get stuck paying the seven, $8 right. gas, $9 gas. And so it impacts poor families, minority families, you know, and, and then this lack of water, this whole issue, you know, we have dealt with water. It's going to impact their ability to get food, mm-hmm. buy food, Absolutely. grow food that all impacts extraordinarily poor people. And many of the, the elite liberals on the West coast, they're so rich. It doesn't matter, Yeah, but it matters to working class people. And so we just need to pray, um, you know, for, I, I would just say, even if you're a Democrat, it's, it's not healthy to have a one party system, Mm-mm. all Republican or all Democrat. You need that tension because what it, what it does is it, it forces them to come to the table mm-hmm. and work together. And, uh, you know, I say this all the time, you know, a plane needs a left wing and a right wing, yeah. but it also needs a pilot, <laughs> somebody to steer us and guide us. And so I'm hoping that in the state of California, things will change. But, uh, you know, in Arizona, I don't know if you guys seen the signs, it says California, it's please don't make Arizona, California. I mean, it's- I think it's like other Texas too. Yeah, other yeah. states are really, really afraid because people don't realize why they left. Yeah. And um, I'm old enough to remember when California was golden, when California was amazing. It was a mm. great place to grow up. Um, just a, just a beautiful, beautiful place. And we're overrun with crime and yeah. homelessness. And, um, you know, if uh, we either have a homeless problem or a, an incredible camping success story, I don't know <laughs> what it is, but camping, yeah. come to California, yeah. learn how to camp on the freeway. Yeah. You don't need a porta potty. It is a porta potty. So that's yeah. awesome. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I did this, this might be random, but maybe not a couple, a couple months ago, I had a dream and I saw a golden coin flip over mm. California. And that was it. I didn't see if it was heads or tails. I didn't see anything. I just started praying about it because I thought, well, I don't know what you're doing here, Lord, but do something, Lord. You said our governor was a challenge. That was a beautiful word. Yes, he is extraordinarily challenging. <laughs> that was a great word for yeah. our current governor. We love you. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Wait, Cole, you love me or him? Him and you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. In the Lord. We love yes. you in the Lord, current governor. Yeah, yes. <laughs> okay. Woo. Yes. Yeah, I threw a curveball. You did. That was yeah. great though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's relevant. It's important. It's hopefully you guys are voting today. If you are here everywhere, yeah. it's primary, it's primary day. Um, so vote, pray and vote, Yes. pray and vote. Okay. So we have our cold open, which this is like cold open number two. Yeah. yeah I, okay. gave you, I threw the first one. That, it was great. Thank you. Um, okay. So this is Ellie from Lake Arrowhead. Hey, Ellie. Hey, Ellie. You've told a story before about waking up and seeing an angel. What did it look like? And were you afraid? Did the angel say anything to you? Yes. So, um, you know, I've covered this many times. And so if you've heard me um, share this story and I flip-flop, it's because I flip-flop. Yeah. Like I, I'm trying to understand a realm that I do not understand. So the apostle Paul says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against heavenly principalities and powers in the unseen world. So what I got was a glimpse of that, which should remain unseen. 
so I'm going to flip flop. Mm -hmm. My, my initial thought is that it was Jesus. Hmm. So then I backed away from that and I, and I thought it couldn't be Jesus. I thought it was an angel. So let me flip flop again as to why I think maybe the Lord appeared. Here's why. Number one, the language. Uh, my friend had committed suicide. I was preaching his funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really wrestling with his eternal destiny. My friends were wrestling with his eternal destiny. And I just, I didn't know what, I didn't know how to preach that funeral. I was really stressed about it. So I woke up in the middle of the night. I was awakened uh, in a dream. The first words were, do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. Why was that Ellie? I was afraid. <laughs> yeah. It was very frightening, not evil. So I want to, I, I, I want to emphasize mm-hmm. not, not scary, evil, uh, scary, powerful. So I was in the presence of something incredibly powerful. Uh, I would also say wonderful mm-hmm. and beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, so I would, I would use those three words. So here's where I, so at first I thought it was God because he said, um, uh, Stephen, he is with us. He is with me. Mm. So he spoke in Trinitarian language. He is with us, plural. Yeah. So Elohim is plural, masculine, yeah. plural, plural, us. Uh, God is a royal we. Uh, he is with me. Yeah. So, so, so now, so now when I think back, and so here's the thing is, you know, people say, how do you know if it was a dream? How, I, I can, I'm looking at you. I can see exactly what this, and this was, I think eight or 10 years ago. I can still see it. Um, in my mind. And so for everyone who's a Matrix fan, uh, when this thing appeared, um, angel, the Lord, whatever, heavenly being, the room changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The physical characteristics of the room changed. The room expanded to make room for this being. Uh, and there were no, there's no cracks in my walls, yeah. you know, no, no two by fours were snapped. It was just like when Neo flexes, the, the um, everyone hasn't seen the Matrix at the end of the first movie. Um, when he realizes that everything is just coding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying everything is just coding. I'm not, I'm not preaching the gospel of the matrix. I'm just saying that's the thing that was most like my, the room expanded. And um, it's the other thing. And so here's the thing. So here's how I've gone back and forth. So I thought it was God. Then I've said it was an angel. And here's why I think it was Jesus because he had a scepter in his right hand. Mm. And I can't make sense. I, I can't find a verse a place where, where an angel would have a scepter in his mm-hmm. hand. So when, when I went to scripture and I really, I've really wrestled through this, especially cause I, it's in my next book, I'm going to talk about this thoroughly. Um, you know, Christ reigns with an iron scepter. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so here's the thing. I could not see his face. I did not see a face. His face was, um, kept from me. Mm-hmm. I saw the, the, the spiritual outline of a spiritual being, um, what did it look like, Ellie? It looked like it was floating, like in water, but mm-hmm. it was in the air. So he was not on the ground. He was, he was, it was um, in the top of the room, in the upper right-hand corner of the room. Tammy was asleep. I tried to whisper to her to wake up to see this, and I tapped her leg. She did not move. Mm. I was sitting straight up, and I asked God, what do you want me to do now? And he said, go back to sleep. Mm. And so I did. So that's it. That's all I've got. What was it? Was it an angel? Was it the Lord Jesus? Like in Revelation, how he got confused and he worships the angel and the angel goes, no, 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 no. It was very, very similar to that. It was very, very, I mean, do not be afraid. Um, You know, things just like that. So, so here's the argument for an angel. Angels are the messengers of God and they speak the voice of God. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's why, you know, so, so maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was an angel and um, he was speaking just literally the message of God to me. 
but the scepter portion, I don't understand. Um, and I don't know enough enough about angels to know if they carry things like that. And here's the thing is he was, um, I'm, I'm using the language he, um, you know, but the thing, the, the, the personage, I guess that that's the mm -hmm. correct term, um, was relaxed and, and, and almost reclining on a throne. Wow. Completely at peace. That's awesome. Um, and so that's the thing is, so I felt afraid the angel, the Lord, what was the most beautiful at peace thing I'd ever seen. And, and the message to me was to have peace even in the midst of death. And so when I meet people and they say, you know, well, how do you know that there's a God? I mean, I believe God speaks through visions and through dreams, and that is consistent through scripture. And I'm humbled enough to have experienced that. I didn't talk about it for years because I, I didn't know how to talk about yeah. it. And now I've said it and, and people like Ellie hear this. And a lot of, a lot of young people, you know, they want to, I'm assuming Ellie's young, they want to, to know more about this. And uh, so, so that's all the information that mm. I have. Um, I don't know whether it was an angel or whether it was the Lord. Um, you know, he didn't say I am the Lord, but he did say, he, he did speak specifically he is with us. Mm -hmm. He is with me. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, so Paul says to be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. And so that's where I struggle with. We're not in the presence of angels. We're in the presence of the Lord when we die. Mm -hmm. And and that's not to say that everyone who commits suicide is in heaven. That's just to say the revelation that I got from God about my friend, Stephen, and I want to, I want to emphasize that is that he was with the Lord. I had another friend take his life a couple of years ago, and I did not have a sense of peace about it at mm -hmm. all. Uh, and I prayed about it and I asked God to, to reveal himself to me again. He did not. I felt darkness yeah, and I felt um, evil hmm. when my friend um, took his life in another way. And so both involved guns, both involved, um, you know, self-harm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and one, there was a real, there was just, an, I would say just a straight up revelation from God, mm -hmm. you know, because I mean, we, we always want to know what God's will is. And for every listener, I, this doesn't normally happen. This isn't like, right. I don't have God on speed dial, right? Um, I just dated myself. Didn't I? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, I, God and I don't text. Uh, he texts me, it's called the scriptures. <laughs> right. And so, and I have to read his text message and, and make sense of it the best that I can. But, you know, in the other sense, man, there was, there was just, it's like evil one hmm. that day. And, and, and evil was present. And so, so I don't know my other friend's eternal destiny. I just know when I prayed God for peace, I did not get it. With Stephen, I have peace because the Lord spoke to me. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a pastor who says the Lord says. With Stephen, the Lord said. Yeah. So I, I, I don't wrestle with that. I don't question that. When I die and hug the Lord Jesus and, and see my family that's in heaven, I'm going to look for Stephen because I know he's going to be there. And, and I believe that. And I, I don't just believe it. I know that. Yeah. So it was an amazing, amazing thing. So Ellie, it was an incredible experience. I often wonder, I've prayed many times for the Lord to speak to me again in that way. And here's the thing, God is sovereign. And so God, to, to be sovereign, here's my definition of sovereign. God, God can do as he chooses. Mm -hmm. That's what it means to be sovereign. I know many of my Calvinist friends means that they think it means that he controls everything. I mean, I think sovereignty means you rule as one chooses. Mm -hmm. And so God can choose to speak to me or not speak to me. And so many of us who want to demand answers from God, good luck with that. Um, you know, when, when you, when you come before the sovereign, 
he can do as he, he pleases and chooses. And I've had to learn to accept that. Mm-hmm. And so for many of you who pray and, and you cry out to God and you hear nothing, you feel nothing, I'm sorry for that. God is sovereign mm-hmm. and God does not owe you an explanation. He does not owe you an answer. I believe that he promises you an answer. And so I'm going to talk about that in my next book, right? Every prayer is answered with yes, no, or wait. Mm-hmm. Every, every single, so that I don't believe in unanswered prayer. I believe in not the answer we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I never want no, I never want wait. I don't know about you. No. Um, Tammy and I were just with just a, a mom this Sunday who was just bawling and, you know, she's got a, a kid struggling with drug addiction and mental illness. And she just said, why won't God answer my prayer? And, and, um, you know, and, and she just said, she said, I know everyone says it's a wait, but man, that's rough. And then I hugged a widow, you know, a 29 year old widow who lost her husband. She, you know, she got a no, Mm -hmm. you know, she lost her beautiful, amazing husband. And, um, and I knew him, he's beautiful, amazing young man. So there are just some things that, you know, we don't, we don't get maybe the answer to the question that we want. Um, and so, so don't say, well, the Lord didn't answer my prayer. Yeah. He answered, no, I'm not going to give you the answer. That's, yeah. you know, and there are just some things on this side of heaven that we just have to accept, man, I don't know. I yeah. don't understand why some women get pregnant. Some don't, why some people, you know, fall in love, meet their, when did you meet? Um, when I was Devo? 11. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you, you met, you met your, um, you know, your partner in life at 11. That's right. incredible. Some people are 31, 41, and they're right. going, I haven't met that person yet. Why? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know. Um, and so, so the answer is you, you don't get to know, not yeah. to know. It doesn't mean that there's not a, a person out there for you. And so, um, you know, and again, people struggling with cancer and all this stuff, you know, we don't have answers for everything. Um, so Ellie, that's a great question. I think, and I think you're this story, I've heard you say this before and um, talk about it before. And I think it's such an encouragement to us um, when you think about just that God is present, he's near. I mm-hmm. mean, whether or not he answers you in that moment, like mm-hmm. you were saying, whether it's a yes or a no or a maybe or or a wait, not mm-hmm. a maybe, yes or no or a wait, um, he's present and he's real and he's big and yeah. he's relaxed reclining on his throne. And that's what I would would tell you, Ellie. (laughs) I love that. God is real. I want everyone to hear this. I know it. I saw it. So good. It was terrifying. It was wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, I I now have a, I have a picture in my mind of what the word awesome means. Yeah. Because awesome is both frightening and incredibly beautiful Mm -hmm. together. So that's the true marriage of that word. And that's what God is. He is awesome. And um, I'm just, I don't know. I'm humbled that, that he chose to speak to me in that way, whether it was through an angel or, or, or him personally, I, I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I've gone back and forth. Like, Sounds like my, the my, Lord. Yeah. yeah I mean, Sounds like the yeah. Lord. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Ellie. Great question. Great question. I've never heard that story before. Really? really? Are you kidding? Do you go to church? Do, Do you, you even go here? Do you listen when I preach? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna put it in my next book, and you know I, there's gonna be haters, and that's okay. Um, but but man, it happened, you guys. I mean, it was. I believe it. it I always was, ask the Lord to see something. He won't show me. Yeah, <laughs> he might. Yeah, at some point in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. I have felt an angel mm. next to me. I felt like it. I was like, "What's your name?" And I don't know why I said that, but I felt like he said provision. And then like, cause oh. I was praying into something and like crying out to God, like, we are going to die here. I need you. Mm. And I was in church one day and I was worshiping and I knew I was standing next to an angel. It was so mm. weird. And I, I wanted to see it, but the Lord wouldn't let me. Mm-hmm. 
and I just heard provision and I didn't know, hmm. I don't know if that was the Lord or if it was the, or I don't know. I just knew it was provision. And like a couple of days later, there was like a check in the mail for like six grand. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, no, and I was like, I knew it. I knew I felt that angel yeah. or heard it or yeah. I don't know what it, it was just there. But some of those things you can't, you can't quantify or explain or even, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, so many of us at least, um, so when I grew up as a kid, right. So there was charismatic mm-hmm. and I'm, if you're not, if you're listening, I'm, I'm symbolizing that with my left hand. And then there was, <laughs> there was word and doctrine churches. Correct. And so I grew up more in a word and doctrine. And so what happened was these, these two, uh, churches kind of were, were critical of each other, yeah. were in conflict with each other. And here's the beauty that I seeing, I've been seeing in the last like 10 to 12 years is they're really coming together mm. and not as nutty maybe as the charismatic sure. movement was, but not as just stiff and routine and dry yeah. as the word church, because charismatics, you know, need, needed the word, Absolutely. Um, you know, my, a friend of mine that was, uh, was Calvinistic. He used to say, uh, Calvinists have too many points and charismatics have none. So, uh, so that's what he would I've, say. I have been in churches. Like yeah. So, so, but what we need is we need to have less points That's right. uh, because, because here's the thing, theologically, if we have any geeks listening, man, I, I don't care who you talk to at some point, you're going to find agreement. And what, what happens is the Island that makes you Christian gets smaller and smaller and smaller, mm. the more we talk. And so, uh, we, we need to expand that as large as possible because, because man, God wants people to be saved. Mm. And I believe that. So, so good. All right. Good word. Good word. Hello and welcome to a new season of the Debrief Podcast with Matt Brown, the podcast where author and pastor Matt Brown answers all your questions about culture and spirituality and what it means to be a Christian. I am Donna. I get to be your host for the Debrief. Hello, Pastor Matt. Hey, thank you. It's good to be here. So good to be here. Thank you, everyone, for sending in so many amazing questions. If you do have a question, you can open up your app and you can click on Ask a Question for Pastor Matt or go to move.sc forward slash ask and submit your questions. And we've been getting such great questions. This is amazing. Yeah. And if we don't get to your question, just know that we've had a lot. And so we're trying to get to them. And so I, I ran into an older fellow at uh, uh, the Sandals Hunter Park campus. And he mm-hmm. just said, I was so upset that you didn't answer my question. Oh, I no. said, no, look, we're going to get to it. So Awesome. Yeah. And submit again. I mean, if you think maybe we overlooked it or something like that, just put it in there. I think again. it's because my answers are way too long. So that's okay. We love to hear what you have Thank to say. You. I'm glad someone does. I, we do. That's why everyone's listening. You guys are all listening. Okay, awesome. Um, this week, it was Pastor Claude. Mm. I don't know if he's the pastor, but it's Claude. Yeah. Who preached on the problems with a book called You. And I <laughs> yeah. was like, thanks for that, Claude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. But he preached a sermon called A Different Purpose. And yeah. so can you just summarize a little bit? I know it wasn't your sermon per se, but I know you were listening. I was yeah, listening. Yeah, no, I was listening. And so, yeah, no, just an incredible message. And so the, the problem, and so here's what Claude meant by the problem starting with yourself is, yeah. is that you you can't see who you are from yourself. You need a perspective outside of yourself. Correct. And that is God. And so, you know, I've heard that story many times about him getting lost in Oklahoma. Um, you know, Claude is not a camper, uh, <laughs> so that's not who he is. But uh, we, we all need that. And God has a greater purpose for our life. 
And, and that purpose ultimately involves sharing the good news of the gospel mm-hmm. with people. So locally, uh, and then, then, uh, globally next. And so Glod's, Glod's, Claude's <laughs> pass, geez, Claude's passion is to, uh, send missionaries across the mm-hmm. globe. And that's just, you know, part of our passion here at Sentinel's church. And, and so even if that's not your thing, here's what I would say is support it through giving, yeah. you know, a portion of what you give to Sandals Church we, goes directly to missions. And so we support missionaries around the world. Uh, we support uh, missions, uh, organizations throughout the world. So like right now, your dollars are working in Ukraine, feeding, mm-hmm. clothing, caring. You know, we sent $300,000 this awesome. year uh, to Ukraine. Uh, some of those missions dollars, you know, are heading towards your campus, mm-hmm. towards the teen center, because we don't just want to reach out globally. We want to reach out locally. Yep. And so coming up on Giving Tuesday, we're trying to raise $1.3 million, I think. I think so, yeah. So I think it's $1.3 million. And so here's the thing is, that sounds like a lot of money to people. That's not a lot of money in terms of building a 26,000 square foot Correct. teen center. Uh, we've already had some people step up and donate to that. But we want to do that because we want to create a place in San Bernardino that says you matter. And so if you're at another campus, you're like, why why don't we get that? We already have the square footage at San Bernardino. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who haven't been to our San Bernardino campuses, one of our largest campuses has the best parking because mm-hmm. uh, it was actually designed to be a church. Go figure. Right, like, absolutely. Uh, a lot of our campuses were designed not to be a church. Um, but we already have the space. And so we just really need to to get in there. It's been used for storage for, I think, a lo- way too long. Yeah. And so we're going to go back in there and create an amazing, amazing space for teens in San Bernardino to know that God loves them and we love them. And so that's part of it. And then we have actual missionaries from our church. And we struggle talking about this because we will endanger them if we tell you where they are or what they're doing. So it creates an enormous problem for us to generate excitement and activity when we can't tell you where they are or what they're doing. Because uh, in many places, the people that we email with, they're being tracked, they're being Mm -hmm. followed. Um, Those countries do not want them there. And and some of you say, oh, this is like James Bond. No, this is reality. In many countries in the world, you know, so like we have, uh, we're working in Vietnam. It is illegal to gather for any reason or any purpose. Wow. You are not allowed to gather China as well. You have to have um, some kind of certification and you have to have permission by the government to gather. Wow. So in America, right, we, we, we take that for granted that we can just gather together as family, as friends. We can gather together politically. We can gather together religiously. That is not how it mm. is in many, many churches. And so, um, and that's across the globe. Um, you know, and, and these are many of the nations that we, you know, we work with. And so let me throw a wonderful, beautiful nation under the bus, the UK. So we had some kids in our church go to the UK and, and uh, this is a couple of years ago. And they said, why are you visiting our country? And to share the gospel and mm-hmm. Scotland sent them home. Wow. Like Scotland sent them home. I mean, the birthplace of Presbyterianism, it, you know, and so even that it's just, People don't want people sharing the gospel, telling people about Jesus. And most people would think, oh, Scotland's a Christian nation. Well, mm-hmm. at one time, but not now. And so, um, you know, we have to teach our kids, oh, we're here to enjoy the summer and 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 connect with people. And it's yeah. not that we're, we want to lie. It's just that we don't want ha- to have people sent home. Correct. Literally Maybe. in customs. Yeah, got to use wisdom so, in that. Yep. So, so that's a challenge. And so, and, 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 you know, even Christians nowadays, a lot of Christians think it's wrong to share their faith. Yeah. I mean- I the great commission is go ye therefore into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all things that I have taught you. Yeah. Um, and so that's part of the reason we share our faith is because Jesus has commanded us to mm-hmm. share our faith. 
And, and why wouldn't you share with somebody that God loves them, that they are separated from God's love because of their sin? And the only way, the only way, whether you're Muslim, Hindu, uh, Christian, Buddhist, or atheist, the only way to reconnect with God's love is through the sacrifice of God's yeah. son. That's the only way. And, um, you know, I mean, there's many, many religions on earth. All ancient religions believed that blood sacrifice May, appeased God. Mm -hmm. It's like the Mayans, all those hundreds of thousands of people that they sacrificed right. was to prolong judgment. Mm. Like think about that, right? Cutting a woman's heart open, you know, killing her on the altar. Um, you know, uh, we were in, um, I what country we were, I think we were in Ecuador or no, we were in Peru. And this guy was talking about all the horrible things that Christianity that I'd done. I said, yeah, why can't we get back to the good old days where we sacrifice virgins by the hundreds of thousands, <laughs> you know, and cut their hearts open while they were alive on the right. altar, you know, yeah. the good old days. He didn't appreciate that, <laughs> yeah. but you know, and that's not to say that Christianity hasn't done, you know, evil things, right. but we didn't cut the heart open of 12 year old girls yeah. by the hundreds of thousands mm -hmm. and stack their skulls you know, into uh, an altar to appease God. And so, so all ancient cultures, not all, but most believe that there was a sin, mm -hmm. that God, God or the gods were displeased with us and that there was coming judgment. And so um, that's not something that's unique to Christianity or to Judaism, but what's unique to Christianity is we believe that sacrifice has been made yeah. perfectly through the son of God on the cross for us. And I think it's hard, you know, Claude talked about that 1040 window. I didn't learn about that until I was in college. Yeah. I had some friends next door to me in my dorm room who would, I would hear praying for the nation of India. I had never experienced something yeah. like that. And, um, that I think it's hard even in the church or even in, I'll say in America mm -hmm. for us to recognize that there are people who haven't heard. I know. Like, cause we think, well, everybody's heard about Jesus or everybody's mm -hmm. heard about, you know, the gospel, but there are some people who haven't heard his name. Like mm -hmm. what? And so if you're listening to this and you didn't know Sandals had a, a mission effort in other nations, um, get to learn more about that. So into that, give to that, um, because that's powerful. It's powerful us to, for us to empower those missionaries who are sharing the gospel with people who don't get to gather and hear and have the luxury of driving up to a large, beautiful yeah. warehouse every yeah. Sunday. I think the most powerful point Claude made was, you know, your friends don't go to church because they're not interested. But for the vast majority of yeah. people on earth, it's because they've never been invited or yeah, heard. Yeah, they're cut off completely. Yeah, they're completely cut off and they don't know. And, you know, people say, well, if God cares about them, why doesn't he tell them? Mm. And he's trying through yeah, us. He exactly. sent us. And so that's why we're trying, you know, to do that because it's, 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 God's commandment uh, for us to tell the nations. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and God's heart for the nations is um, he wants all of us reconciled. Awesome. So, to him. so good. Well, we've got some great questions today. And this one is from Madison in Riverside. Hey, Maddie. Hey, Maddie. Okay. So how do I know if I'm going to heaven? You ask people and they're so sure of it. Mm -hmm. I feel very conflicted lately and full of anxiety because I feel like I'm trying so hard to be right with God, but I don't feel like I'm going to heaven and I'm scared. Yeah. Is that Satan or is God trying to speak to me in a different way? How do I know? So there's a couple questions here. Right. So here's what I would say is, um, you know, heaven is not in your hands. It's in God's hands. And so how has God, how has God placed this, you know, decision in your hands? And so that's really what we wrestle with. And so what you're mm -hmm. wrestling with Madison is, is am I good enough? The answer is no. Yeah. So that's why Jesus Christ had to die. And so I'm going to read to you, um, this is uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, um, 
verse 12, it says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them, and here's what the word I want you to hear, the right to become children of God. So, so how do we earn salvation? We can't. Jesus earned it for us. So what, what are we required to do? We are required to receive him. How do we receive him? We believe in his name. So we believe that he is God's one and only son. We believe that he died on the cross for our sins. We believe he came to seek and to save us. So we believe in Jesus. And um, so we need to receive him. So that is, that is the only work that is required of a person is to believe. And let me say this, that is not a work. It's just, it's contrasting what Jews thought uh, pleased God, their works. So the only work that we are required of is not a work. Faith is not a work. Mm -hmm. It does not earn our salvation. It is simply the means by which God has provided salvation for us. And so God has provided that all can be saved by placing their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So all, Madison, you have to do is believe. So the mm -hmm. question is not, am, am I going to heaven or not? The question is, have I believed in Jesus? And so if you know what you believe, then you know where you're going. Mm -hmm. So how do I know if I believe? So if I believe in Jesus, it doesn't mean that I'm perfect. It's not about um, it's not about perfection. It's about direction. So as a Christian, I'm going to become more and more uncomfortable with sin. I'm mm -hmm. going to be more uncomfortable with gossip. I'm going to begin to consider my body not just as a sexual thing, as the world says, but as a spiritual thing. And I'm going to begin to live as like my body is the temple of God. Many people go to church. They go to mosque. They go to temple. We are the temple yeah. when we become Christians. And so um, I, I need to live in such a way that that honors God, not because I want to earn salvation, but because salvation has been given to me through Jesus. And so um, we, we just need to understand that, that it's about what you believe. And, and everyone listening, we all have a choice to believe. It is a real choice. It's a choice that we must make. God has provided salvation through all, through Jesus Christ, but you must choose. You must choose to believe and Jesus will take care of the rest. You know, if you believe in him, he's going to get you there. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not, he's not going to let you go. We That's all have good. moments where we waffle, where we struggle, where we stumble. You know, um, Peter denied that he even knew the Lord mm -hmm. three times, you know, he, he or twice. Um, I always get that confused. If the chicken, is it three times? It's three times. Yeah, so rooster, I can't remember if the chicken rooster. crows twice or the, or, or the three. It's the thrice and twice. The King James, sorry, right. King James version throws me off. But, um, but, but he says, I've prayed for you. Yeah. I've prayed for you. And, um, you know, because Jesus is not going to let anyone go that believes in him. And so we have to choose to do that. We have to choose to say, okay, I'm going to believe in you. And then when I reach out to God, God is going to reach out to me and he's never going to let me go. That's and I have to trust that. And I have to believe in that. And so that's so, so important. It's not about you, Madison, holding on to Jesus. It's when you believe in Jesus, he's going to hold on to you. He's not going to let you go. And so the question everybody needs to ask is, you know, what do I really believe? Well, I look at a couple things. I look at my calendar and my checkbook because those things show me what I believe. So I give to the church because I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. I serve and attend church because I believe in the That's Lord right. Jesus Christ. Like I didn't preach this week and Claude did. You want to know where I was? San Luis Valley. Mm -hmm. Sitting there, hugging people, baptizing people because 
that's, you know, if I'm, if I'm here in town, I'm at church. Mm -hmm. And so when Tammy and I go on, Tammy and I go on vacation, I try to attend other churches. I am a, I'm a big C guy. Like I love the church. I care for the church and, um, because I, the church is the bride of Christ. And so, so I really, um, believing in God is a reorientation. How do you say that word? Re reorientation. Thank you. Reorientation. That word sounds really hard to say. Yeah. Reorientation of my life. Yeah. And so that's what it means to believe. So it's not just, I don't want to go to hell. Mm -hmm. It's I want to believe in Jesus Christ. It's not me, Maddie, getting into heaven. It's getting heaven into me. How yeah. do I do that? I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and he gave me the right. So we talk a lot about rights um, in our country today. Mm -hmm. And so spiritual rights is we have the right to be a children, a child of God and, and to go to heaven. Uh, and let me just say this, you know, heaven is not the final destination. A lot of you don't realize that a new earth and a new heaven is. So revelation says, um, you know, that, that people in heaven say, how long Lord will we remain naked? Well, what that means is without bodies. Mm -hmm. So you don't need a body in heaven, but you do need a body on earth. And so what they're waiting for is not the coming of heaven, but the coming of the new heaven and the new earth where the gap between us and God is gone. Yeah. And we will live on a new earth where there is no sin, there is no evil. Um, you know, all of this stuff that where people say, well, if God is so good, why? All that's gone. Isaiah prophesies into the future and he says, the lion will lie down with the lamb. So this is his, his vision of the new earth and the child will put its hand right, in everyone with the toddler. You'll understand why <laughs> will put its hand in the nest of the Cobra and the Cobra will not strike. So, I mean, think about that parents, man, you don't have to worry about your, you know, your toddler being, yeah. you know, crazy and whatever. And so that's a whole nother question. Will there be little kids in heaven? Well, Isaiah seems to think so. Mm -hmm. And so we don't know who those kids are, why those kids are there, but, but you know, um, there's all kinds of thoughts on, on what that is, but, you know, part of what heaven is and the return of Christ, it's the wiping away of every tear. And, um, you know, I had a pastor say this once and I hope he's right. I don't know if he is, but he says, those children that you lost, you will raise again in heaven mm -hmm. in the place where their hand is in the nest of the viper, but it does not strike. Mm -hmm. And so you get an opportunity that that which has been lost will be given back. And so many of us miss that with what Jesus is saying, anyone who sacrifices any for anything for me will be repaid back a hundredfold. Yep. So we need to think about that. Have you lost family, yeah. friends, house, mm -hmm. money? All of that stuff is going to be restored when Christ comes back and multiplied. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of Christians, uh, a lot of especially young Christians, think that heaven is communism, right? It's all <laughs> equal. That is not. That is not what what salvation is. Is you are saved. You will live forever. But judgment is the dispensing of gifts and accountability, yeah. which the Bible says we will all stand before the judgment throne of Christ and held accountable for yeah. how we lived. Yeah. That doesn't determine whether or not you get into heaven or not. Mm -hmm. It determines how you experience eternity with Christ. And so um, so, so a lot of Christians need to know that. And, and a great verse for that, I think, is 2 Corinthians 2.5. If you guys can check me on that, I'm quoting that from memory. <laughs> but I think it's 2 Corinthians 2.5. Okay, so that verse was, Don, I was wrong. It's 2 Corinthians 5.10. I don't know what I said, 5.2, 5.10. So we must all appear, so this is written to the church. Yeah. We must all, so that's Donna, that's Matt. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive, remember what I was mm -hmm. talking about? So everyone thinks it's equal that we may receive what is due mm -hmm. them for the things while done in the body, whether good or bad. Payment. Yep. So the rent comes due, people. 
I think it's so interesting. I don't know. I sense so strong, like God keeps pulling us back to this place of heaven, right? Yeah. Our cold open was yeah. um, about the angel that you saw and mm-hmm. even um, some of our other discussions. And so, you know, if you're listening, I just, you know, I sense God just calling you, right? Yeah. Like calling you towards this place of like, believe, believe, believe on me. I'm here. I'm present. Yeah. I'm real. And Jesus gave us the opportunity, the right what a powerful word yeah. to be sons and daughters of God. Amen. And and what you said that the enemy, yeah, he's he's trying to talk you out of it, but mm-hmm. God uh, in his spirit is telling you, come home. You're yeah, right. so interesting. So uh, on Halloween, Tammy and I were coming home from a, a party and I, I made the mistake of turning on talk radio. <laughs> And, and then you were mad. Well, my, my, no, my, <laughs> my wife was like, I need you to turn that off. And it was <laughs> yeah. so interesting, you know, so I, so just asterisk, what I'm about to say is really scary. So if you have kids in the car, maybe pause this until, um, until you have a time to listen to this, but, but they were interviewing a woman who sees ghosts and Mm -hmm. sees people. And it was so interesting. One of the things, and I don't know whether she's real or not. So, you know, there's the asterisk. I I, I don't know. But one of the things she she says is she says, when she sees these disembodied spirits, they're confused and don't know which way to go. And I've said it many times. Okay. So everybody goes to heaven at every funeral. Where is it? Yeah. How do you get there? Mm -hmm. Which direction do you go? Is it up? Is it down? Is it in or is it out? Like, like how, how, how do you, how do you, how do you find it? John 14, six, I am the way, Jesus, yeah. the truth and the life. Mm-hmm. No one goes to God, but by me. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it was interesting. You know, I don't know if she's full of hogwash or not, <laughs> right. but maybe she's seeing something, you know, I mean, uh, the witch at indoor in uh, Samuel pulls up a dead body. That's so right. she's able to do that. It doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say that that stuff is not true. It says it's not good. Right. That's what it says is don't talk to dead people. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what the Bible says. It's, it's a sin. Don't mm-hmm. do it. Um, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, they confuse with don't do with, with it can't be done. That's not what it says. Uh, and I don't know that the Lord would put restrictions on things that can't be done. Mm-hmm. You know, like, right. like what's you know, point? don't, right. don't, uh, you know, um, pull the moon into your backyard. You can't do that. So there's right. not a commandment for that, but uh, don't worship the moon. Well, that, that can happen. And so, but I just thought it was interesting that she's trying to help um, people find a way. They don't know where to go. They're hmm. confused. They, they need direction. Yeah. And I just thought, oh my gosh, you know, it, you know, that, that can't be good news, Yeah. you no. know, at all. And I just, I was screaming at the radio and Tim was like, can you turn that off? It's creeping me <laughs> out, you know? But I thought, what a what a sad picture mm-hmm. of people dying and and she, she she talked about you know standing at like there's a there's a corpse and the person is standing at wow. their feet in, in their spiritual form and they don't they they don't know where to go but again <laughs> so much John 14:6 I'm the way I'm the truth and I'm the life and so Jesus guarantees us you know that he's going to not only get us there um, but he's going to love us there. Yeah. Like we're going to be welcomed. And so uh, there's this there's this trippy story in Luke about the rich man and Lazarus. Do you remember it? So the, the rich man dies and goes into suffering and he's in torment. And that's where a lot of the pictures of hell come from. Right. You know, he's burning, He's he, it's, it's heat and he can't have, there's no water for him. Right. Uh, you know, the medieval church gets a little crazy on, you know, <laughs> the angels and Satan and tights. But um, but, but Lazarus, right. Is comforted. <laughs> right? He is he's carried. So he's carried <laughs> by angels yeah. to the bosom of Abraham. Right. So he's in the presence of the righteous. Right. Um, so, right. I just think that's, that's such a thing. One, one is separated and lost. You yeah. know, he has no one to help him. He says, right. there's no one here to dip 
their their finger mm-hmm. in water and put it on my tongue. Mm-hmm. He feels alone. He feels lost yeah. and he has regret. And then there's the poor man who is in the bosom of Abraham carried by angels. And so it's just such an interesting picture of, of the afterlife. One is kind of alone and lost and yeah. the other is carried and found. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and again, that's a tough passage for us to understand as Christians because he's speaking to a Jewish audience. And in context, they have an understanding of heaven that we can try to recreate, but it's, you know, it's like um, when I'm trying to talk to my kids about the 80s, like I can try to recreate right. the picture, but it's not perfect <laughs> because they weren't around. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So good. Thank you so much for that question. Um, Maddie, right? Yes, yes, Maddie. Thank you. All right. Our next one is from Aaron in Beaumont. You are clearly different now. Whoa. Then I, <laughs> I thought that was so great. You're clearly different now than when you first started the church. If you could go back in time and give your younger self just starting this church one piece of advice, what would it be? How would you call yourself to be different? Yeah. So Tammy and I have actually just talked about this, you know, because our 25th anniversary is coming up. And so. Awesome. I know. It's incredible. Um, I think we, we took it way too personal when people left. Mm. So we had we had way too much of of who the church is tied up in with our friends that attended. And we should have been better at letting them go, even if we didn't agree. Um, you know, it's hard not to take it personal because ultimately, right. Sandals is very personal for me. I mean, I've poured my life into this for 25 years, but now I'm just like, I don't even ask people anymore. Do you still go to sandals? I'm I'm just like, look, man, (laughs) it's God's church. He's got to draw people here. I get way too wounded and way too hurt. And Mm -hmm. I just, I just took things too personally. Um, you know, people let, left for good reasons, bad reasons, crazy reasons, no reason, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I mean, it's just, um, but, and I would have prepared my children um, mm. better for having transitory people in our lives um, because, you know, Christians lie, you know, I'm going to be here forever. I remember one guy told me, I'll take a bullet for you. And he got, he got ticked. I, <laughs> oh, no. his wife had a dream or something and and she called me and, and it, it was weird. And I, she got her feelings hurt mm. because I didn't interpret the dream and they left the church. I was like, I didn't even shoot a bullet, dude. Like, um, you know, we were young and just mm. so much. Um, and, and some of that, you know, is, you know, I tend to, to walk the line with, you know, things I say. So, you know, I, I, I pushed the line and, and I, I, I offended people and, you know, I would have said to young Matt, so don't get hurt by people leaving. Number two, the gospel is offensive enough. You don't need to be offensive. Mm. And so I, in the name of being edgy and relevant, um, you know, I pushed the line a little too far and sometimes way too far. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm just not like that anymore, but, um, you know, my heart was in the right place. I was all in. And so, um, and I would just say, God's going to get you there. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I, I, I thought, I, I don't want to say I believed. I thought God was going to do something great at Sandals, but every camp, every guy that plants a church thinks God's going to do something great. I mean, who plants a church and is like, we're going to fail. Yeah. Like this is going nowhere. <laughs> Sucks. So, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> so I don't think me believing that God, hmm. you know, was going to do something amazing was any different than anybody else. But I would have just said, God is with you and you have no idea um, you know, Tammy's getting ready for the cultivate thing that you're speaking at. And we were looking at, um, I think it's Ephesians 3.20, that you have no idea the, the plans yeah, that God has right. for you. You can't even imagine. And so I said, use that verse. Talk about that verse mm-hmm. because I thought Sandals, so here's my plans. I thought Sandals would be a big, amazing church. It never entered my mind. Multi-site never entered my mind. Wow. Yeah, That was not a category that was real. And so 
you know, I, I never thought of 14 locations. I never thought of 200 staff members. I never thought of, you know, building a, a teen center in San Bernardino. I don't think I'd ever been to San Bernardino. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I, you know, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I well. ever had, I've been to Highland. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, so I would, I would, I would say a lot of things. That's a, that's a great question. It is. I, I, I think the other thing was, you know, it's really hard to be a young pastor. If we have any young ha- pastors, you know, every fight that Tammy and I had, I felt such immense pressure to make it work because I felt like the world was watching and marriage is hard enough. You don't need outside pressure on your marriage. Mm-hmm. There's enough internal pressure. Mm-hmm. And I would go back to Matt and say, look, quit worrying about, you know, whether or not you can preach on Sunday and just worry about whether or not your wife is right. Worry about, are you wrong? worry about how do I reconcile this and Mm -hmm. how do I lead my wife through this? Because I tend to not be present. I'm future oriented. I'm vision oriented. And my wife is, so if, if I'm off, if my sin is I'm in tomorrow, my wife is on the tip of her nose. Mm -hmm. So we like, she, she is right here. That's where she lives. And that's dangerous too, because she can't see the big picture. Mm -hmm. She can't see around the corner, but then that's what I think why we make such a great team is I'm, too far in the future and she's too close to herself. And so we, we've had to work through that. And I would just say, you know, I I think it was probably year five or six. I just told Tammy, I said, I don't know what I'm doing. Hmm. Like, I don't know how to be a pastor. I don't know how to be a husband. I don't know how to be a dad. I'm learning all of these things on the fly. I didn't grow up with girls. Hmm. I didn't know what a period was. I did. I, I didn't even know tampons existed. I, you know, so I get married. I have two daughters. Right. My, I'm, I'm in a new world, man. I have no clue about, you know, how to talk. So our, my home life was very male dominated. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom's not a, a man. She's a woman, <laughs> but, but she was a, she was, my mom was a, a boy's mom mm-hmm. and it takes a special woman to be a mother of boys because their heart has to just die every day, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so, I didn't know. And so my, my wife came from a, two girls and a dad and he was a girl's dad, mm-hmm. emotional and sent them gifts and cards and, Aww. you know, <laughs> presents for everything. You know, I just thought of you today. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know? <laughs> so I had, I had to learn and I wish I would have said earlier, Matt, get rid of your pride and just mm-hmm. admit you don't know what you're doing. Cause I think as I was a leader, I thought I had to know. Yeah. And it just would have been so much easier to say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You don't know. So we were the first amongst our friends to get married. We were the first to have kids. Madison came. We got pregnant. We didn't talk about birth control at all. (laughs) Never (laughs) came up. (laughs) So Madison, and we love her. She's sitting in the room. (laughs) Madison, I think, I think we got pregnant with Madison, our sixth or seventh week of marriage. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Early. So, so I didn't know how to be a husband. I didn't know how to be a dad. I didn't know how to be a pastor. I was in school. Mm-hmm. we just had so many issues. And so I just would have said, seek counsel, mm-hmm. give each other grace and, and stop panicking. I, I, I t- both Tammy and I tend to over panic in the moment. And you know, the old saying, this too shall pass. Yeah. If we're committed to God, and I would say this to every couple, if you're committed to God and you're committed to each other, this too shall pass. If you flinch mm-hmm. and you say the D word, um, you know, I wish, I wish that more couples today would care as much about the happiness that they can have in marriage as they do their own personal happiness. Cause I think people just run away from marriage 
and just say, look, I'm, I'm really going to be in this. I, I may not agree with Tammy, but I care about her mm -hmm. and I care about what she thinks and feels. And we're going to get through this, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we just didn't have the language. I didn't know how to do that. I could preach a sermon on how to be married. I didn't know how to be married. Mm -hmm. So that was a great question. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, just I, I would say, say this. Don't, yeah. Don't start a church when you're 27. They, I mean, I, and I, I'm sure many people can say that, but I just want to say thanks, first of all, for not giving up Thank in you, that yeah. process of 25 years. And I think people, you know, you said you didn't know what you were doing and you didn't know what you were doing in front of everybody. Like everybody, everybody's watching you not know what you're doing. So give your pastor some grace. I have a friend in New Jersey. She has a, a ministry called Pastors Need Prayer. Mm, yes, we she do. she does as she prays Please for pastors. I will tell her yeah. I'm going to visit her this weekend. Yeah. Um, but thanks. Thanks for not giving up. Yeah, that was a great question. I don't know who sent that. Somebody Aaron from in Beaumont. Beaumont, man. <laughs> thanks, Aaron. Appreciate you. We love the pass. Yes. So good. All right. Here's uh, the a YouTube comment. The username is what up? Okay. Yes, what up? <laughs> I don't know if that's how you say it when you said your name, but that's how I interpret it. Okay. If we are to walk according to the spirit and there is only one spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Come on. Yes. Amen. How could there be any disagreement or difference of opinion in the church? Right. So why? So why? What up? Did Paul have to say that? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> why, why did Paul have to say there's only one Lord, there's only one spirit, there's That's only one baptism, right. there's only one God and Father and all because people are messed up. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, going back to the other thing is people are messed up. I would have told that to myself and Tammy, these people that you trust, these yeah. people that look like Christians, talk like Christians, occasionally act like Christians, they may not be a Christian. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people that are in a church are not born again. And yep. even the people that are born again, don't act like it. That's right. And I just didn't know that I assumed, so I had a radical conversion in my faith from Greg glory at, you know, at Harvest Christian fellowship. And it changed me. Yeah. It changed who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do with my life. And a lot of Christians haven't had that moment. They haven't had that moment where I have to reorientate. Thank you. My life from what it was to what God's calling mm -hmm. me to be. And, and, and so for every parent listening, I was raised in the church. My parents yeah. were great. I went to church, but I was still selfish. And let me tell you, your Christian kids are selfish to the core. They just, a lot of Christians just use Jesus where they should insert self. Mm -hmm. um, I have a pastor friend of mine. He always says, God said, God said. And what he should say is, I said, I said, I said. And so you just need to be really, really careful. Um, but they, we're not unified in any way, shape or form. And it's mm -hmm. why, it's why. I believe the George Floyd episode was demonic. It was the church was unified. Mm -hmm, we were coming mm -hmm. together. We were working together. And and what happened just ripped us apart. It's why I think, um, you know, I, I was listening to uh, Officer Tatum. Do you know who he is? Mm -hmm. So I was listening to him and, and I like half of what he says. <laughs> but what I don't like, what here's what I don't like. And for our conservatives out there, like Charlie Kirk, talk about whatever you want to talk about in politics. Officer Tatum, talk about whatever you want to talk about in politics. Don't tell me how to preach. Yeah. And that's where I just, mm -hmm. I lose my mind mm -hmm. when these talk show hosts with all their sponsors and all their money, you're preaching to an audience that already agrees with you. Man, I'm trying to convert. Yeah, that's I am, good. I am trying to convert lost people. You are preaching to the choir mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. Liberals aren't on AM 590. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, when, when I preach about sexuality, I have homosexual people in my church that God loves 
and I'm trying to reach them. I have divorced people. I have people struggling with gender, um, you know, uh, dysphoria. Mm-hmm. I have people that are depressed, anxious, considering suicide, and I'm trying to reach them and build bridges. And so I have to be very, very careful. And so what Satan does, right, is he, he, he makes it all conservative mm-hmm. or all liberal. And, and, and look, man, you know, so if you're listening, was Jesus a Democrat or a Republican? The answer is neither. He wasn't American. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, and people are like, <gasps> you know, <laughs> he wasn't an American. He was, he was Palestinian. And he, here's what Jesus did. He managed to, if you've got kids in the car, press pause. Jesus managed to piss off. Yes. <laughs> the Sadducees, the conservatives. The Pharisees, the liberals, the Essenes, the weirdos, the environmentalists, okay? <laughs> he pissed off homeschool moms. He pissed off, like, like yeah. they all crucified him. Yes. He fed them. He healed them. Mm-hmm. He preached to them. They loved him. And then they shouted, give us the murderer. Mm-hmm. And, and why is that? Because people are broken, yeah. deeply, deeply broken. And even the disciples, Peter, who said, I am willing to die for you, said to that girl, I don't flipping know him. And it's Mm -hmm. a curse word. Mm -hmm. So we don't know if he said a curse word or he, in the Greek, he brought curses down upon himself. Either way, it wasn't like homeschool material. It was rough and Mm -hmm. people are broken. And so we have to work together to be unified. Like your husband is amazing. He is. You guys don't always agree. Shout out to Vaughn. No. Yes. We do not. Like we're complete. I mean, we're kind of opposites too. He's you know, high three, high four, yeah. very emotional. But you're both black. But we're both black. Both Christian. We both love Jesus. Right. But you don't and always agree. And we're two completely different perspectives. But the same Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Isn't that crazy? So, so that's the thing. Even in marriage, even in marriage, my wife don't agree. You magnify that in the church. That's right. And yeah. so then in the church, like how, how far apart are your guys in age? Eight years. Eight years. Okay. Who's older? He is. Oh, I can't tell. Sorry. I know. Uh, yeah. So, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying you look old. I'm just saying well, black, black no, people, black people black age beautiful. Crack. Amen. <laughs> it really does. You know what I said, right? White people, we age like soft cheese at a summer party. That's right. <laughs> Asian, yeah. Asian don't raisin. I heard that the other oh, day. Man, Isn't yeah. that funny? Okay. Well, anyway. Melanin in general helps. So, um, what was I saying? I have no idea. Oh, we were talking about. Uh, the church. So, the so, church. So, so you guys have an eight year difference. Tammy and I are three and a half years difference. Think about the age difference at Sandals. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now throw in race, throw in absolutely. politics throw in wounds. Yeah. Um, and people so, that have been in all sorts of different chur- oh, churches right. and denominations. Orthodox, and, you know, charismatic, absolutely. whatever. You throw all that in there. I mean, you know, like people that come from Harvest, why don't you give an invitation every week? Right. Well, I'm preaching to the church. Right. This is not a crusade. Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with that, but, right. but you know, Greg has a gift, grows his church one specific way. I have a gift. I grow, but, but they think, oh, you got to be like that mm-hmm. to be Christian. Mm-hmm. And that's where it gets all crazy. And the island of what it means to be Christian gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until nobody comes here. And that is so when Paul says, we are not unaware of the devil's schemes. I think most Christians are, he works to disunify us. Yep. And so go back to the message on unity a couple of weeks ago. It's difficult. It's something we have to work for. We don't cover evil, you know? So like if somebody you know, um, molests or abuses a kid here, I'm going straight to the authorities. You know, I'm going to let the press know. We're not yeah. going to cover it up. We're going to, you take sin and you put it in the light. That's mm-hmm. what kills it. You don't cover it. And I was super proud of this new Pope. Did you hear what he said? No. He challenged seminary students. He said, porn's a problem Wow. for their priests. He said, we know it. We're tracking your, eye, your, your, um, what do you call that, Zach? They're when you're, when you have a, not their history, their browser, their IP addresses. Yeah, they're yeah. tracking what you guys are tracking. And he and here's what he said. 
this is, this is beautiful. He didn't condemn them. He said, it's not good for anyone and it's inviting evil into your life. And if you're going to serve the church, yeah, he said, you can't invite evil. You have to resist it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I, I, I'm, that's a huge step for yeah. Catholicism, which has never really embraced, you know, because they really have a theology that says, once you become a priest, you're holy. Mm-hmm. Now we believe we've been declared holy. Like, Don, I love you. You ain't holy. You got some work to do. <laughs> we got and, work and, and to I, do. And wherever you are, I'm a mile back, you know? <laughs> no, I so think, I don't think so. And so I think that's important <laughs> is just understand it is so difficult. And what has mm. COVID exposed? Yeah. The disunity in yeah, the church. Absolutely. I mean, I, I could I could name two different pastors who believe the same thing biblically. One thing, one pastor said, if you love your neighbor as Christ commands you, you'll get vaxxed. Right. I mean, I could play you the sermon. I believe it. And then I could play you another one that says, man, this, this thing's the mark of the beast and don't take it. Right. Two Christians, <laughs> yeah, same, same vaccine, same Jesus, same Jesus, same Holy Ghost, you know, but completely different takes mm-hmm. on that. And so, you know, that's the problem with science and medicine and all these things. We're all trying to interpret where is God in all this. And we don't always know. And even if we think we know, we don't always agree. I read, I heard this line on the chosen. Um, I forget exactly how he said it, but he, somebody was asking about all the differences or one of the disciples. And he was saying, that's, that's the problem when you, when everyone is welcome, mm-hmm. when you say every nation come, every person come, every, yeah. you know, every background come when everybody comes together, then we've got some differences. We've got some disagreements that, I mean, that's, that's the gospel. It brings everybody to the same place. And mm-hmm. we don't always agree on even like you said even me mm. and my husband don't agree on everything we yeah. drove the coast this weekend and we were you know i was like well should we fight about anything on the way back home? <laughs> i know that was good and Donna. we did oh, yeah. <laughs> no it was good i like, get it out on the table we didn't really fight but yeah um it was good discussion but we don't agree we don't always see eye to eye it, it, right and and so there's beauty in that it so, is so um you know my liberal friends like to talk a lot about diversity um, I don't know that they believe in it truly yeah. because there's not just diversity in sexuality or diversity in ethnicity, but diversity of thought. Absolutely. And that's important. But um, there's beauty in diversity Absolutely. in that God has not created automatons. We're not robots. We have independent thinking. We have independent capabilities. Uh, we have liberty. Mm. You know, Adam and Eve sinned because they had a choice. Yeah. And, and they made the wrong choice. And unfortunately, it's put us all under the curse. But God right? Sent Jesus. He fixed it. Yes, he did. If we choose to be fixed. But here's what I would say is go back down to that next verse. So one faith, one Lord, Mm -hmm. uh, one baptism, one father who is overall, I just closed my computer, so I don't have it in front of me. So, but then the next verse says, um, and each of you has a gift given to you according to God's grace. So, so one Lord, one faith, one, oh, an individual. Yeah. (laughs) So we see that. So then look at the next segment and we haven't gotten there yet in our series different. And God gave some to be evangelists, apostles, apostles prophets, yeah. and pastors. And then look at and the teachers. Don't forget yeah, us. And teachers. Sorry, <laughs> teachers. And and then look for the why. Yeah. So that we all may work towards yep. unity. unity. Yep. And Amen. a lot of people don't understand that. What What are we practicing at Sandals <laughs> Church? Unity. So good. So that we we can we can be something that is pleasing. And so then we get into uh, Ephesians five where Paul talks about marriage, which is controversial, and then goes into 
that what God is doing is he's trying to pre present a bride to his father who is perfect and pleasing and holy and blameless. That's what we're working towards. And that is a difficult process. It's not an easy process. And when you read, you know, chapter four, chapter five, there's so much in there. We're going to get in a couple of weeks to let there not even let promiscuity not even be named mm -hmm. among you. Um, you know, these things, these things are, are, are really, really important. And we, we have, we have to be so careful because sexuality is all around us, Yeah, you know, sinful sexuality. And so we have to choose a different sexuality, which I'm going to preach on in, in a couple of weeks. Good. But, um, so thank you for that great question. So good. Thank I you. think that when you go to church, it's real disheartening to, um, it's why we don't vote at Sandals Church. If you want to split a church, vote. Like just do a practice, ask your kids who wants to go, everybody name yeah. what restaurant they want and no one will be happy. No. Because voting makes people miserable. It's part of the reason it's the downside of democracy. We all think democracy is a gift from God. There's only one time in the Bible they vote and they vote 10 to against God. <laughs> Don't go in the promised land. <laughs> yeah, there's only exactly. two, there's only two guys that say, so think about that election. This, right? <laughs> like think if like President Biden or Trump won 10 to two, unheard of. But people aren't happy. Mm -hmm. And so democracy divides. It just naturally does. And it creates tension and angst. And 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 it's it's really, really difficult. And so that's why we have to work towards what we're unified on. And that's that is good. Jesus and not politics. Politics is is muddy, difficult. Uh, I think we can speak to principles and then challenge our people to vote based upon the principles that we've outlined. But it's it's a it's a difficult thing. And that's why I spoke about the issue of abortion. Um, you know, I think Psalms 139 settles it for me mm -hmm. that, that God knew you in the womb. Yeah. He cared about you in the womb. Uh, you know, John the Baptist in the womb leaps towards Jesus. Right. Um, so I think that's significant, but some people, you know, say, well, there's not a specific verse. Well, there is in the, the Didache chapter two, verse two, where it's specifically addressed. And this is important. So, so many of the, the modern cultural issues that we're facing are not addressed in the gospels until we face the Gentile world, because Jews weren't, weren't wondering, is the fetus valuable? Right. It was mm -hmm. because Genesis one, you are created in the image of God and every child is such a blessing, mm -hmm. especially in that culture. Now, not in Roman culture, mm -hmm. not in Greek culture, especially if it was a girl. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. And, and one of the reasons the church grew so radically, and a lot of people don't realize this is so, so rich people could afford abortions. Uh, you know, they'd have a doctor, they knew how to do it, but most people just had to give birth to the child and then they would leave it at the dump. And what Christians did is they would go to the dump and take these babies. Mm. Well, guess what happened? White families had black babies. Yeah. Black families had white babies mm -hmm. and people started to look at that and they went, wait a minute. Mm. And all of a sudden, the church is multi-ethnic instantaneously wow. because they thought, and so where does that come from? So the Didache is, we we don't know how old it is. Some, some apostolic fathers thought it was scripture. Hmm. So there was a debate on w w which books are the Bible and which are not, but the Didache means teaching. It means here's instructions for how you live your Christian life. Like I'm a Christian, how am I supposed to live? And so chapter two, verse two uh, talks about not corrupting young boys, which is, homosexuality. Mm -hmm. And then it says, and do not kill a baby when it's a fetus. So fetus wow. comes from the Latin. So preborn child or immediately after, mm. which was, which was the practice because Gosh. only wealthy people or someone that could afford an expert to, 
to take the life of a child. So you just, you just had your baby and you, you and left you them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's gross and that's wrong. And that's why I gave that verse because Christians need to know, look, that Christians have, have been struggling with how do I live out my faith in a non-Christian world for 2000 years. Mm -hmm. And so people needed to know um, 2000 years. And we don't know if that book comes to us from Egypt or Syria, but it's as Christianity goes out, it's like, wait, hey, everybody's killing babies. Is that yeah. what we do? No, yeah. that's not what we do because God cares about the child. Absolutely. And it's just, it's so implicit for everybody listening. It means the unborn child before it's born and immediately after. Mm -hmm. You don't do either of those. Yeah. And so, you know, in California, that's on the bill. We're, they're, they're wrestling with that. And so, um, you know. And that's and, just the heart of God. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, you know, Psalm 139, like you said, John the Baptist, Jeremiah, yeah, I mean, amen. even in the beginning of Ephesians, when he's talking about before, yeah, <laughs> you know, he, there was this plan for you before, 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 before. And I just don't think that, uh, I don't think that that conception is um, random. No, I, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I just think that's God. I mean, they can't, you know, I think it's God. And if God put the baby there, I personally believe that the baby is supposed to be there. And then yeah, as, and You're you know, as an African-American person, I've shared this, I believe before, I mean, 70 million since, you know, the seventies, that's voting power, that's economic power, that's all mm. the things. And in the hood, they recruit these girls. And so we're not going to go into that. I know that they give them low dose birth control pills so that they could possibly um, get pregnant uh. and come back for an abortion. I know they turn off the lights when the ambulances come, they make them turn off the sirens and the lights because they don't want the other girls in there to get scared. Um, and it's really, you know, at least in my city, it is not pro-choice, it is pro-death and they don't want to give the girls a choice. Yeah. And so anyway, that's, that's my beef with abortion and African-Americans and, and the way that it was set up to uh, be so like genocide for our people. Mm -hmm. Lots of people don't like to hear that, but I say the first stop on the systemic racism, if you believe in that, I think the first stop on that train is Planned Parenthood. Get yeah. rid of it. Uh, yeah. That's me. Sorry if you're mad at me now. I still love you. <laughs> I, think, I think everybody loves you. No, Donna, I don't want you to apologize to anyone. I mean, I think that, uh, I mean, part of the reason I want you on this show is because I think uh, you provide not only diversity ethnically, but I think diversity of thought. And that's mm -hmm. so important. And I think that as Christians, we should, we should share what we feel and think and I think that you should do that, you know, in love. I know that you 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 care about these girls deeply. I that, do. That do not have an alternative uh, perspective, and and babies are such a precious thing. I remember a couple of years ago, it was a, actually a young African American woman in our church who was considering abortion, and and she just said, "What do I do?" I said, "Have the baby and give it to me." Mm. I, I was mm -hmm. like, I, "I have." There's probably a hundred women in this church that That's I know right. personally that are praying, mm -hmm. and they can't get pregnant, and they're asking God. They're spent enormous amounts of money trying to adopt a baby and, and you can provide that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, especially for Christians, the thing that breaks my heart is sin never fixes sin. And yeah. so a lot of girls, you know, That's they good. had sex and they feel guilty and they don't want their parents to know, look, stop living for your parents. Stop living for me. Live for God. Mm -hmm. God knows God sees. And, um, you know, l let that baby live. And then let me say this to, you know, all the couples, you know, so many, you know, women in our church, they did this when they were young, right. they were naive, they have so much regret and pain. And, and let me just say this, you got to give that to Jesus. He died yeah. on a bloody horrific cross for a reason. And you just got to trust Christ with that. Cause I know that is such a huge place of pain for so many women uh, in our church 
who believe the lie yeah. that I can just do this. It's just a procedure. And then every year they still do the math Yeah. because listen to me, you're not a mom when the baby is born. Mm-hmm. You're right. a mom when you become pregnant. Right. And, um, and I learned that with our kids, you know, I remember doing the ultrasound and, you know, learning that something might be wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell you, you, you know, you know, you know, I was, I was having lunch yesterday with a pastor and he told me they did an ultrasound on his baby and, and, and he was missing a part of his brain. Mm. And the doctor said, look, you know, there, there should be something here. Mm-hmm. And if it was there, we would see it. And, um, you know, they, they counseled mm-hmm. them to terminate the pregnancy. Right. And so, you know, his son is three years old and is missing a part of his brain, but it can, can function. That's and right. so they, it baffles them. They don't understand it. Um, it doesn't make scientific sense, mm-hmm. but, uh, they have a beautiful boy and, and I know not every story ends that way. Right. So let me, let me say that, but, but, um, I just want to, you know, just really, really pray about it and seek the Lord's counsel. Yeah. And, you know, science is going to say one thing and, and, and Christian parents have to make a decision, not just on science, but, but hear from the spirit of God. We have to listen to mm-hmm. both. And so it's a tough issue out there. It is. And, uh, and I just, I, I, I love the girls that find themselves in a tough situation mm-hmm. and I have love and grace for you, for the women in our church who yeah. they could go back would make such yeah, a different decision. I mean, even that's part of the, my passion about it is the grief that yeah. I've seen it brings to women and the pain that they endure after they regret and these cycles of, um, just regret and and anger and frustration. And yeah, mm-hmm. like you said, they count the days, you mm-hmm. know? And so we love you. Um, God has something. Yeah. And, and to our yeah. liberal uh, audience, I'm not, I'm not here to make women do anything. I want to help them <laughs> yeah. make the best decision they can. And, and for me that, you know, that's always going to be life, but just like that woman, I, you know, she left our church and aborted that baby and I saw her the next week and it, it broke my heart. And, and, but I'm called to love her and yeah, try absolutely. to counsel her. And she had other kids that we now have to raise. And, you know, I, I, I have to, uh, try to teach about the love of God. It's it's a difficult thing. The church is full of extraordinarily broken people, uh, but, but by God's grace, we're all becoming beautiful. And so Amen. it's a difficult thing um, for all of us. And so, I, you know, I'm praying for everybody, but, you know, just remember the person is more important than the issue you're arguing about. Absolutely. It's always the person. It's not the policy, it's the person. Mm-hmm. And you got to care about that person because, um, w- you know, we all find ourselves in situations where maybe we're not as moral as we think we are. And so uh, we need to have grace, but also give counsel and wisdom for people who find themselves in tough spots. So love you, Donna. Always love share your heart. You. I don't ever want you to be censored I'm on the not. show. I want you to to be real. And um, <laughs> I try to be real, guys. Yeah, no, I don't think you're trying. I think you're I'm real. real. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. Keep your questions coming. We love you guys. Love uh, you. Thank you for listening. And do us a favor, share the debrief. A lot of people, because we haven't been doing this. It's a new format. Uh, share with your friends. Just say, hey, man, I'm listening to this, this podcast check it out. I actually was in In-N-Out Burger and uh, a lady came up to me and she said, I loved your comment on Halloween. Oh, really? I was like, oh, I was like, you go to Sandals Church? She said, no, but I watched the debrief. And so wish she went to Sandals Church, but uh, (laughs) watches the debrief. And I'm glad that this can be a ministry, not just for our church, but for other churches and other Christians and for other people who have some tough questions. And and just so you know, if, if you're a Christian for longer than five minutes, you're going to have some tough questions. Right. I'm going to do the best I can to answer it. So thank you so much. Send in your questions thanks, this week. God bless you. We love you. Bye. Hey, thanks for checking out the Debrief Podcast with Matt Brown. The Debrief Podcast is produced by Sandals Church and is a show where Matt Brown answers questions on faith and culture. 
If you've enjoyed the debrief and want to help us create more content that helps people grow in their faith and in their journey of being real, I want to invite you to visit donate.sc. Thanks for joining us and God bless.